Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The Opinion Line on Quartz 96 FM. Eileen Keane Halley has been writing about this on Jumpstart Your Confidence. Would I be, would I be accurate there? Eileen, you know, if they're turning into a mini-me or a mini-you, you're not giving them enough space. Good morning. Hi, good morning, PJ. How are you? Um, yeah, that's, that's certainly part of it, I suppose. You know, um, I think sometimes we can try and mould them into something that we feel they should be or that we expected them to be. And sometimes that's just the way they are, and that's fine. But I suppose I've worked with so many kids, especially older ones now, maybe heading off to try and decide what they're going to do after school and whatever. And, you know, I just feel, in my experience, there's too many kids trying to please someone else. You know, whether it's sport, whether it's academia, what they're going to do in life, whether it's their personality and controlling it too much, but that they just are too focused on trying to please, usually, I suppose, that parent, you know, Um, which can be really sad because I suppose even as adults, maybe a lot of us have realised over the years that maybe we didn't have a whole lot of space either and it might have taken us a long time to get to know ourselves a little bit better. Mm. Um, And I I suppose in the world we're living in now, there's a lot of um, over-parenting, I'd say, sometimes when they're kind of constantly being watched and monitored and, uh, you know, everything is kind of being done for them. Whereas I think the kids are so incredibly smart and creative and individual and unique. If we do allow them that space, which will mean that they can mess up and they can make mistakes and they will make decisions that maybe aren't the best, but it does give them a chance to understand what works for them and what's right for them, mm. rather than us monitoring everything. Yeah, explore that with me a small bit. You feel, I think, that sometimes they're over-parented. What do you mean by over-parented? Well, when they're actually, they're so busy because they're being brought everywhere. They have to do 1,100 different activities, which I think, unfortunately, a lot of us have made that mistake. Um, they're monitored. They're, a lot of the time, parents can answer for kids. They can put words in their mouths. They just don't allow them be. And I think a lot of the time as well, it's like allowing the mistakes to happen and allowing them try new things and allowing them push their boundaries, not to be, not for parents. And it is hard because, look, to be fair, all we want to do as parents is do the best for them. But by over-parenting them, we do end up with young adults who aren't really capable mm. of living life in a strong, confident way in themselves because they've never had to. Do we have to let them screw up? Absolutely. They always I mean, be there for them, but catch them when they fall, but let them fall. Well, give them the self-belief that they can try. Yeah. You know, I think our job as parents is to give our kids the wings so that they can fly. And I, I suppose a lot of the time in parenting, I think we forget that our role 
is to ensure that our kids can live confidently and happily without us, as awful as that sounds. But I mean, that's the reality. Our job is to set them up for life so that they're confident and they're capable and they're resilient and they can fend for themselves. I mean, every child has to be able to, at some point in their teens, be able to cook, be able to iron a shirt, be able to put on a wash. And I know that sounds basic, but the amount of kids who can't do that is horrendous. So, I mean, when a lot of these kids go off to college or go off to work somewhere outside of their home, they can really struggle because they're just not able. And that's not their fault, you know. I mean, our job is to make sure that they are resilient and they can pick themselves up and dust themselves down and get on with it and do it again. You know that time in the teenage life from about 13 and a half until maybe Mm -hmm. just under 18, when they are, and it's their job to be, an entirely obnoxious pain in the arse from time to time. That is their job. Our job then is, isn't it, sometimes anyway, let them figure themselves out and they will come back to us. Absolutely. And I think, I suppose, you know, and again, it's a hard one, PJ, because they can push every button. Oh, dear God almighty, right. don't I know I raise twins. Jesus. Yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> oh, but God, at no. the same time, I think what I'd often say to parents, is, look, especially at that age now when they go into secondary and they're starting secondary school and then you've all the friendship stuff and everything else that goes with it, that all the, so often when kids react and when they're angry and frustrated and upset, it's nothing to do with us. You know, they have to have a safe place they can let off. They don't actually and, hate you when they tell you they hate you. God, no. And do we? You know, I'd often say to parents, you know, I, I love them. I mightn't always like their behaviour. Yeah. And I'd say the same to kids. Your parents will always love you. They mightn't always like your behaviour, but that love will always be there. And I think it's for us for as parents, we'd actually stop half the arguments in the house if we just learned, which is difficult, but learned to take a breath and walk away. A lot of those tantrums have nothing to do with us. They're a child who's struggling with something, and whether that's pressure from friends, whether it's pressure from school and academics, whether it's their appearance and they're just struggling and it's a stage of life where that's a very normal behaviour for them and it is difficult on the parents and the home and it can be really troublesome and hard And you know, it comes back to you and I've said this to friends of mine who have teenage kids, you know and in fairness it's the Queen Bee my missus, I got a credit with this myself and my daughter, there were times when she was a teenager we couldn't be alone in the same room Mm-hmm. because we'd fight over something. It could be two flies going up a wall, we'd fight over it. And yeah. the Queen Bee kept saying to me, look, just, just let, her, let, her, let, her, let her off. Back out, back out of it. Back off, back off, back off. You're the yeah. adult, back off. And now, because I listened sometimes, we've got a fabulous relationship. So it comes back to you. Oh, by 100%. But I mean, to be fair to the kids, like if we keep reacting, we're never going to have a conversation because, no. as you said, it'll be a constant battle. And we are the adults, and I think sometimes, and I know myself, I have four girls, like, and it has hurt, you know, and you do get hurt, and you get upset, and you're looking at this little person going, oh my God, who are they? But when we actually take a step back and say, you know what, that's really nothing to do with me, and let them off, and let them have a rant, and then when they calm down very often, they will end up telling you what was going on. But if we jump in with our reaction, that's gone. Mm. You know, that opportunity is gone. And back to the younger ones then, the six, seven and eight-year-olds, they're on an adventure of their own as well. How do we let them figure that out? Well, I just think, well, I suppose when it comes to life within the home, you know, allowing them, well, they all have to let them do the age-appropriate jobs in the house. Don't presume they can't because they're five or six. So they're so capable. I mean, there's, there's so many different things these young kids can be doing to help out around the house. And they might moan and groan, but they do 
sense this capability and this feeling that they're that they can and they're able and they're part of the family unit. So I think that's really important. But also I think for all the ages, but particularly when they do start, when we start bringing them to activities and sports, and you know, PJ, I think a lot of us when we when our kids are born, we're like. Oh, they'll do this and they'll play that and, you know, it'll be sport or it'll be this yes. or that. And very often that doesn't work because they're individuals <laughs> and they can be very, very different. And it certainly happened to my house where they went absolutely veered left. Um, but I often wonder, like, if I look back, say, what my eldest, we used to have her down playing football, soccer, GA, whatever she was involved in. But very often watching her on the GA pitch, there was no football game. She was pirouetting and dancing around the place. And she'd been trying to get us to allow her to do drama and dance. And eventually we did, but both my husband and I were very sporty. We presumed life does not exist without sport. But we did give in and she did start it. And she's finished her degree now in drama and she absolutely adores Brilliant. wherever that road will bring her. But I do look back and wonder if we choose not to allow ourselves to see that because it was going against what we believed, you know, what we thought was important. But they're individual and they're different. And to be honest, I think if we allow our kids to be themselves, they can teach us so much and they can open up new worlds for us that we would never have had the experience. So we have to allow ourselves, you know, to take a breath and say, you know, this child is, she's not me. Mm. I can't, like how many kids... Can't turn them into you. No, and like you'd see kids in a sports field and parents roaring at them because they're not doing well or whatever. I'd love to sometimes put some of those parents on the pitch <laughs> and, and give them a good roar because it's so humiliating and degrading for those kids. Or the kids who are playing, this, I'm only picking sport now because most houses will have some level of sport. But some, for some kids, sport is not their thing. And they can go training day after day and they feel less than and they're not being picked in the teams and it's not their gig. And we do need to watch for that. Yeah, we were talking about that last week actually with regard to dance classes and stuff like that. The dance classes still haven't resumed and for some kids that is their outlet. So you can play hurling but you can't go dancing on a Saturday. Oh, it's horrendous. And it, it has having such a massive effect on so many kids. I think that the, the creative kids have really struggled here because they can't, you know, they're not going to, as you say, they get, their sport isn't back. Their interest and passion isn't back. And even socially that's really difficult for them. And I think the creatives for some reason... They ha- they do struggle because a lot of the time when they're doing drama, dance, whatever, art, whatever it may be, a lot of the time that's not actually recognised in the way it should be, you know, in comparison to someone playing rugby or hockey or whatever it may be. They are judged pretty differently. Yeah. And I, I, I would work with a huge amount of creative kids because and I, I would have found a pattern over the last maybe six, seven, eight years where these creative kids can really struggle a lot of the time they're very um, they tend to have really actually a very strong sense of self and really strong values about who they are as people so a lot of the time they don't fit into the, the culture of heading off out of the weekends and yeah. drinking and this and that and then they feel what's wrong with me Yeah. whereas I'm saying like how lucky are you you know yeah. you yeah. have a passion and this is your gig and you don't feel the need to prove yourself in any other way yeah. but it can be hard for them in those middle years and I'd say to parents as a creative kids do keep an eye on that because it can be hard on them socially because they just don't fit yeah. that norm of what we consider, unfortunately. Eileen, I'll leave it there for today. You have a book, don't you? I have, yeah. I just published a book called The Parent. Um, it's very practical. It's coming from a lot of the ideas that I get from the kids I work with, which I suppose makes it a little bit different. But it's um, available on my website, jumpstarterconfidence.com okay. or on my Instagram page.
All right. Okay. Cheers and thanks for that. And happy to give you an opportunity to mention the book too, because you've been working on it for quite some time. That's Eileen Keane Halley. Jumpstart your confidence. Let your children figure themselves out. They'll be grand. They'll be fine. And don't try to turn them into a mini me or a mini you. <laughs> One of you is bad enough sometimes. Courts 96 FM.